DEI test with Eric and Brady. We've got uh, another fabulous guest today. Uh, we're going to talk about sports from a little bit different perspective with me as a photographer, Brady as a writer. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the next episode of the Eye Test. I'm Eric. Brady's here with me as usual. And today we've got a, we've got a special guest that's uh, kind of cool to me because it's, it's uh, my middle son here. Mitchell is here. Mitch. Mitch. Mitchell. It doesn't matter. Mitchie. I feel like I switched. <laughs> Don't say not Mitchie. I know. I'm just I kidding. switched, though. I feel like I got to college, and it was Mitch all growing up, and then I got to college, and I think it was like Taylor was calling me Mitchell, and now, I, now it's Mitchell. Nice. When I, like if I introduce myself to someone for the first time. But but anyways, so um, well, you, were, you were just starting a conversation. I cut you off to, to, to make sure we get this in the show. Well, I was just saying it's interesting because usually I'm on the other side of this. Like a lot of work that I do, we we do a lot of podcasts, but we I'm like editing usually the podcasts because we have a couple podcasts that we do, and one of them I edit every single week, and it's video and audio, and so I'm sitting at my computer and doing it from the post production side, and so now being in the chair, I'm like sitting here thinking about all the things. That I'm like, okay, don't talk over it. Because I hate the editing when people are talking over each other for video especially is, is a nightmare. So I'm like, okay, don't don't well, talk over everyone. To be fair, it's a thing in our family. It is. It's a thing with you and I <laughs> specifically. Uh, and, and Jason. Why it's quiet enough that it's not so much a thing. But you get me and my boys together in a room and, and, and it gets really loud really quick. Because everybody's... I know, Brady, you'll be surprised if I tell you that all my boys have opinions. And like to express them. I'm shocked. I'm not sure where they get that from. <laughs> well, so, okay, so I don't know if he's ever told you, but, like, our, what did I call it? Like, we have, like, especially during football season. I feel like this is, like, a normal thing that you and I do, but especially during football season, it'll be, like, we'll text or whatever, but we, we won't talk on the phone. And then, so, like, football game will happen on Saturday, and then we'll talk on the phone for Sunday, and I'm just, like, locked in. I know at minimum that conversation is going to be an hour because it's just like we have to talk about all the stuff that happened, you know. And so it's funny, like, in those conversations, I'm like, we're driving here today, and I'm like, okay, this can't be, like, the phone conversations. Because in the phone conversations, we're just like, duh, what about this? And It's a nightmare. It'd be a nightmare for a podcast. So I'm like, this is not, we're not on the phone. Right, so, so real quick, uh, tell everybody kind of, like, your deal, what you've been doing since what do you where do you want me to start Let's start post high school well i i don't know actually it's kind of interesting when you when you made that big decision in high school yeah so i was an athlete all growing up uh pretty much earliest i can remember is like t-ball at five four or five something like that right we play i played baseball all growing up and then in high school, well, I, I should say middle school, like eighth grade year of middle school, I played, I like tried football for the first time. And it was a super impulse decision. I remember being with a buddy of mine at the time, and he was big, like he played Pop Warner and stuff like that. And they did uh, the announcement like over the intercom, they're like, anybody who's interested in playing football, like go to this room, da 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 da, for the informational meeting, like at the beginning of the year. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go. I probably won't play, but I'll go. I'll, you know, I'll go see what it's about. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm fast. I can like run and like, I can catch the football maybe, you know, like 
And so I went to the meeting and they had a, at, at Westside Middle School, they had an A team and a B team. I think they probably still do, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just a B team for me. That's cool. It'll be fun. My friends are playing. It's going to be a great time. I go to tryouts. I've never played, never played organized football. I, I grew up watching football because of dad, but I never played any sort of organized football outside of like flag football or like, you know, football at recess or whatever. And so I go to tryouts and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm doing here, <laughs> but I got put on the varsity team as a wide receiver and that was fun. Cause we, we had some guys like even in eighth grade, we had a couple guys that could sling it. And so we, we had just, a, we had a play where it was just, I'm pretty sure we literally just called it Mitch go. And I just ran in a straight line, and, just, and they he, threw he the ball a, as far as they could. Right, they, were, they just ran a post, and the quarterback just flung the ball down there, and Mitch would jump up and catch it. That was kind of like our best play. Yeah, that was like our <laughs> best play. But this whole time, so that football was just like always just like a little side thing. Baseball was the focus and always the focus. Select baseball, like USSA, growing up, all that stuff. And then in high school, it was the same thing. And I played freshman football, and then I got a concussion. And I was like, you know what? I'm good on the football thing, actually. I think I think baseball is what I should focus on. And then I made the varsity team sophomore year. In the spring, we won state. I didn't play because our team was loaded. Like, that was the team. We had the Waldron twins. We had... Um, Gosh, who else do we have on that team? It was the year after Jake, right? It was the year after Jake Myers graduated. Yeah. Um, but we still had, like, Matt and Mike, and we had... Um, First baseman. Mitch Hagen. Mitch Hagen. Um, who went to Tulane, I think. But we, we right. had some dudes. Like, we were good. And we won state. And then summer, I got a ton of innings. Like, summer of my sophomore year. And going into my junior year, things were shaping up to be really great. But then I hurt my I, – I did, like, a weird thing to my shoulder. And still, to this day, if I move my shoulder, you can, like, hear it. There's – something's in there. But I did something to my shoulder, and I wasn't feeling 100%. And I didn't have a good spring. And it was at that time where I was, like, really starting to get into – like, I was a part of journalism in high school, and I was getting into more, like, the video stuff. And we had – at Westside, we had – um W Warrior Television, which is like the the video side of the journalism program, the department. So I was starting to get into that, and I made like after spring season of my junior year, I had a I had a horrible season, like it was really bad, and I was just like, you know what, maybe maybe me being five foot eight, one hundred seventy five pound, not really the vibe for a collegiate pitcher at a high level, which is where I won because I didn't want to play. Like, I could have played at, like, probably, like, SEC, you know, or something like, you know what I'm saying, like, Southeast, or, like, I could have gone to Midland or something, you know what I'm saying, but I didn't I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to either play at a high level or not play at all, and when I realized that I could no longer play at a high level, I'm like, oh, I got to find something else. This video thing's pretty cool. I guess I'll do that. <laughs> so senior year, I didn't play any sports. I just focused on that. And then I went to film school at UNL. And then I graduated. What was that? Last May? May of 21. Yes. So, but 
while I was in college, I got a job. Well, you got me the job. Do you remember this? Yeah. I want to. Do you remember? You told me to text Brune. Yeah, I told you to text Scott because I had talked to Scott and I said, "Hey, you know, is there any place for him?" Scott said, "Yeah, sure. Just have him text me." And Bing Bang Boom. So he spent four years working for the. the they just kind of started up that whole the social media arm. Yeah. Of the of the uh, sports information media world there, and uh, so he he did that for four years. So he was you were pretty closely connected. He had one of those badges where he could go anywhere. Yeah, he was always jealous of me because I got to go places in the stadium. It's funny because he'd been he's been shooting football like pretty much as long as I've been alive, and so like he's been in that stadium more times than most people probably. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's up there. And I just w- waltz on that as a little college freshman, and I have this little badge that lets me go. I can go anywhere in the stadium. Like the card access, I'm like, I can go anywhere. I could go eat at the training table I want if I, if I wanted to because I have the card access. Right. But anyway, so I, so I did that. And that, those, aside from senior year, because senior year I, I twice, like, false tested positive for COVID. So two of the games of my senior year, I didn't even get to shoot, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, for four years, I did that whole thing. And now I live in Los Angeles and I'm starting a production company. I don't know how much I can even talk about that. But anyways. Um, just I just wanted a little backstory. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you were, you were closely, you were as close to the, to the teams as, as anybody and but what 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 did I want to really bring you on to talk about was this idea that's been Brady and I've been talking about it, and a lot of people have been talking about the last couple of years is this lost generation of Husker fans. We've now reached a point where people your age have never have no real memory of a really great Nebraska teams. There were some good ones. I mean, they've really only been garbage for the last six or seven years. So I mean, there and there were some years in the early two thousands where they weren't horrible, right? Right. But you, but this generation has never known like what we grew up with: the scoring explosion in the eighties, the the evolution and transformation in the nineties to the most dominant team in college football for a decade, right? This 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 group of this generation has never known that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might know like uh, the Big Ten title against Wisconsin. Maybe they know. Um, yeah, that's Sue. not a memory you want, right? Well, well that's maybe a... they know like Sue's monster year, and you know, culminating with the the second being put back. But even those are associated with like the losses, right? Right. Like, well, so I mean, like we even talked about like when we were talking about doing this podcast, I was like one of the because you brought up the idea of like talking about like my experience as a Husker fan. And I'm like, I, I, I think I went I, on the internet and I found a picture of Mac Brown going like that. Yeah. And I'm like, we got to talk about the single most formative moment yeah. in not a good way <laughs> of my entire like Husker experience. Like it's so interesting because so much of my love for Hus- my love for Husker athletics will regardless of how it'll never die it'll never go away this is all I have like I don't have a pro team like people ask me like oh what's your favorite pro team for NFL or MLB or NBA and I'm like I I just I watch that stuff because I find it entertaining and I like to watch good Nebraska athletics is the only thing where I'm like 
like die hard. Like I don't care what sport. We have to win. Like I, yeah. it can. You know what I'm saying? Like if the, when the bowling team wins a national championship, I'm like, <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Like so Nebraska. So it's like it's all I have, and I I remember that Sioux year so specifically because I was just getting to a point in my life where I was sort of kind of could understand football on a slightly deeper level. Like, not that much. Like, I think, what was that, 2009? Yeah. So I would have been, I don't know, like almost a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like 12, maybe. I was like 12. And so I didn't really understand. Like, I wish I would have gotten to experience the Sioux year as like, as like a 17 year old versus like a 12 year old, because at 17, I at least understood, like I could, I didn't appreciate it then. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew that we were good and we were, you know, in the Texas game, we were the underdogs and we had this guy who was just an absolute animal, but I I didn't, the, like it didn't hit me. Like when he got invited to New York and he got fourth and everybody was outraged. I was like, I was like, yeah, but that's cool. He's a defensive guy. I didn't realize that he got snubbed the height. Like yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> like there's this account that I follow, like Pick Six Previews, and every single year around that time they post the stat where it's like Sue's individual season stats, and then Texas and Alabama's entire defensive line stats, and they're the exact same. Yeah, like he accounted, and I didn't appreciate it then, but I remember so vividly that that Texas game of being like, like if we win that game, the last decade of Nebraska football, I think looks totally different. Yeah. I think it's a totally different scenario. Maybe totally different, but it it certainly, it certainly alters the trajectory for, for a while. And that, that field goal, even with the second back on Sue's finger is maybe two inches away from completely, not only just knocking off its trajectory, but knocking away that if he blocks that, Nebraska football potentially changes. He, he blocks. He, he blocks that, the and they win. They win that game. I was just going to say he, he gets wins the, the Heisman. Heisman. Yeah, that Nebraska football's changed. That's just those little granular moments of Nebraska history that I think right. it's. I am. I am a big believer that like Nebraska kind of pays a little bit of penance for being football dominant in the seventies, and then the most dominant uh, dynasty since or before current Alabama in the nineties, and you know. The, the cards will have to fall either way, you know, by the way of, of karma, however you subscribe to that train of thought. But that was one of those where it's like, yeah, that's that's a sign of things to, to come, those, I guess. Those kind of moments always make me think of that Robert De Niro monologue where he talks about it's a game of inches. Yeah. Right? Well, that's Al Pacino, yeah. man. Oh, that's right. Oh, right, that's right, right, right. Um, where he's talking about a game of inches and, and you fight, you know, blood, sweat, and tears for an inch. Yeah, and you and you and those are those those little things one way or another, right? If the kicker kicks misses his spot on the ball and it's two inches lower, Sue blocks. Because it, it was not. I mean, I think it was like a like a fifty two. I mean, it was not an easy, or maybe it was like a forty five yard. Yeah, field it goal. wasn't a chip shot. It was it not a chip shot. shot. But it, it was not like an easy wild, field goal. It wasn't a wild kick either. Yeah, yeah, but. Because I don't even think like I don't even really like you brought up the the Big Ten title game against Wisconsin. Yeah, we wa- I I remember we watched that game together because we didn't watch. I was at, I was at my mom's house for 
that for the Texas game, but for the Wisconsin game, I was at your house and we watched that game together. And I remember that game started out with the Taylor Martinez like eighty-three yard crazy. Where like, he ran like one hundred and forty. He ran like yeah. one hundred and forty yeah. <laughs> yards and and reversed field like three times and and Gus Johnson was on the call. Right. And Beautiful. Taylor Martinez, you know, like crazy. And I'm like, oh my god, we could get this win. We could win this game, and then we get hosed for three quarters. <laughs> And it what was it like seventy three or it something was, like that? Like it was completely miserable to watch. It was awful. And then well then wasn't also too this one I think is less talked about, but didn't we went back after the Texas game the next year the last year that we were in the Big Twelve, we went back to the Big Twelve title game and played Oklahoma, didn't we not? Am I crazy? I thought we did. In the '90s, Oklahoma, I don't think made a no, this Big Twelve title game. Not in the '90s. After oh. the Sioux, after the oh, Texas after the game Sioux. in 2010. I I want to fact check I, because I I think I remember like and maybe it wasn't the Big Twelve title game. Maybe it was just the Oklahoma game that year. Let's see, what would the Oklahoma game have been? Because I'm trying to think how that Oklahoma game would have gone in 2010. Where we got hosed. It? I mean, we got we I got smacked so. again because they had um, Sam Bradford. Yeah. Right. No, was that no? Was that the game? Oh no, maybe I'm thinking of the 2009 game where they beat Oklahoma like 10 yeah, to two, seven. the 2010 Big 12 championship game, December 4th, Nebraska and Oklahoma, and we got oh, it was close. Wait, I'm trying. I don't. It, 23 20. I can't even remember that game to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not pulling up. We a were lot 10 of and two. Yes, yeah, but see that that goes back to what I'm talking about. They haven't been horrible, yeah. But for the last like six years, previous to that, they they weren't great, and they were still we were they were still suffering the, some smackdowns. But it, they weren't horrible, right? We go back to the whole like you know three lost seasons and how you know Husker Nation now would kill for a three lost season. Yeah, right, right, and it's all it's dude. It's I would relative. kill for a a, a six loss, <laughs> right? But I wanted to circle back, I, circle back to that idea of of this this lost generation and what it would what it's going to take to get them back. And uh, well, let's start with the question of are is there a, is there an actual lost generation? I think. And do you think there's a difference between local Nebraska kids and nationally? nationally kids don't care about well i okay that's a little bit i shouldn't say that i i I would say in general and i think it's interesting because i now have this added perspective of i've been living in la for a year and a half and like southern californians don't care about college football i mean they're, they're just in general there's so many distractions that like i have the interesting perspective of like i grew up in a place where like the thing was the only thing yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sure, Chiefs are three hours down the road and the Royals are close and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, like, this is all we had. And so it'll never, for me personally, it'll never be a situation of it'll go away or I feel like I'm a part of the lost generation. But I do think that there is some element of, like, national, the national relevance and maybe Coach Rule, it seems like he kind of understands a little bit better how the game is played in terms of the social media stuff because that's a whole different thing. But the national relevance of what Nebraska was and what it, it stood for and what it meant to, like, 
come here and be a part of the program and know that if you were coming here, like, you were going to win a lot of football games. And it's just not that way anymore. And so I think kids are like, I just don't think it's that. Even even to kids in the state, I just don't think that it matters as much. I think there are kids where it does, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you are an athlete specifically and you're being it's one thing to be recruited by Nebraska and it's another thing to be a Nebraska kid who doesn't participate in athletics like I haven't I can't remember the last time I had a conversation about Nebraska football with any one of my friends who wasn't an athlete yeah and it's just not the same of like like your guys's generation like I was in the Denver airport a couple days ago flying home to Omaha and people got, you know, Husker shirts on and all this stuff. And I'm the only person there my age with any sort of like Husker gear or any like jacket, backpack or whatever. It's all the, the, the affinity, the general affinity for Nebraska athletics in my generation does not exist the same way it exists like, you'll never see somebody from my generation driving around with, like, a Nebraska bumper sticker on their car. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's not – it's just like, oh, yeah, another another three-win season, another four-win season, you know? Vol- even even though volleyball is all, – all things considered, for sure, at the moment, the best program that the school has. It's up right. And yeah. this season was, like – Slightly disappointed, but even volleyball is like, like everyone that I talk to that watches the Husker volleyball, like no one my age watches Husker volleyball, and it's crazy to me because it's like, this is what you want, this is what you're asking for with the football. The volleyball team is giving you what the football team cannot give you, (laughs) and you're still refusing to participate. And I think that's just comes from the way that social media has changed how people view and. ingest athletic experiences visually or participatory, you know, but it's just not, it it doesn't, it's not the same. It's not the same. Like you just don't kids might. And I, and I could be like, there's probably plenty of kids who are diehard Husker fans in the state. Right. Of course. Well, there's, there's a certain amount of kids who were born and born and raised and bred. I mean, you know, like you, you didn't have a choice. Everybody, there was no choice. Everybody right. in your life was a Husker fan, right? Right. Even, you know, three quarters of your family in Colorado are Husker fans. True. So, it was a total immis- immersive experience for you growing up. There wasn't really an option. There was no option unless you were going to be yeah, a t- unless yeah, you yeah. were going to be a total rebel just for the sake of being a rebel. There wasn't another option. But there's no fun in that. But I, I know, but but so. Do you think it's do you think it's as simple as as what Rule alluded to the other day in a in a press conference that that uh, winning cures all? They start winning again. Do you think that comes back? I mean, it, it seems to me, and Brady and I were talking about it the other day that kind of the proof to me that Rule gets it is his almost exclusive focus on local kids. Right, if you're gonna if you're gonna rebuild the culture and lock down the borders and get the core of Nebraska fan out of this apathy that we've all settled into of like yeah okay whatever we'll see 
I mean, he, he didn't just double down. He quadrupled down on local talent and <clears throat> didn't want any of them to get away. So I, just, I, I see that as it's multi-leveled. It's, it's one, if you're going to rebuild the, the culture, you, you're going to do it on the backs of kids that care, yeah. right, that still have, have, a, have a passion for the home school. And you, you you get the fan base excited because you're you're grabbing all these local kids again, just like the old days, right? It's different to be. I will say it, it, it's different. Like if I was, if I'm a football player and I grow up in the state of Nebraska, and I'm a football player, all I want to do is play for Nebraska for the most part. You think still, even with the the you know the. Well, light, did you see what Malachi I, Coleman said the other day? No. It was like it was like this is the, the this is the school that I've wanted to play for. He's like I grew up and like had to fight for every single thing I've one. earned. He tweeted something. I can't remember the exact quote, but yeah. he was like I, I I had to fight for everything I've earned my whole life. I'm giving this program 100%. Like this is my home t- thing or whatever, yeah, you know. And even um Brock, you know, Knudsen um over in Scotts Bluff, like he will reach out to him right away and and introduced himself and Brock was like, "Yeah, I don't care who you are. I want to play at Nebraska. I don't yeah. care who the coach is." Like for and there obviously are huge differences between being, you know, four-star athlete out of Lincoln East versus being this kid from Scotts Bluff, right. you know, kind of thing. Like right. for, for I think there is something to that. Having grown up in small town Nebraska, you it is like being Catholic and living in Vatican City. Like this is all you know. You that you are in the epicenter of it, and you grow up in it. But like I think of a guy, um, a young man who I think very highly of, and Carter Nelson up in Ainsworth. He's playing eight man ball, but you know Penn State, Notre Dame, all of these schools are are reaching out to him and thinking like. He grew up, you know, probably a Husker fan and thinking like this is it. But then when he's developing and playing and like it's a realistic possibility to play at these other also like mammoths of college football, right? Mm-hmm. Like these other pillars of the sport. And then I think you kind of open up your eyes and you you open up yourself to like other schools and other experiences because there is something very appealing of that, of like branching out, maybe being the rebel, maybe trying something else out. But I think that there's – in, a, in winning, I think, definitely makes a big part of it. Why go play at Nebraska, you know, that hasn't made a bowl game in however many years, six now, but uh, when you could go play at these these big schools. But I think there is still something to that of, like, this every – when you grow up in certain – even in Omaha and Lincoln and then definitely smaller communities, you see a red N fl- waving on flags on every house mm-hmm. on the block. And the, I think the Husker calendar is in the corner diner on the wall, you know, like that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, th- I, th- I just think that those things aren't going to go away. It just might change how they are received by, by a younger generation. I do think, because th- I think part of why that exists is this sort of, especially, I think specifically within the last two coaching staffs that we've had is this sort of growing resentment of like, it's all been very well documented and talked about with, with Frost's tenure, especially, but like, if you're a kid, like you're talking about like um, that kid in Scott's bluff, right? So he, he grows up die and Husker football is all he knows. And he wants to play for the big red and he doesn't even get a phone call. Yeah. Like that's what, that's where the disconnect is. Like he, all he wants to do, and he's getting recruited by these other schools. So he's like, I know that I'm good enough to play for the four-win team down the road. Like He's like, that's all I want to do. And, like, 
these kids aren't even getting phone calls. They're 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 taking the coach won't coach won't even come to the house. They're taking Zoom meetings. Like there's a, a sort of resentment that builds there of like. Well, screw you. Then I am going to leave. Right. You know, like yeah. the Noah fans of the world should never be allowed to go to Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Or you like, know, um, Omaha South kid like grew up in Omaha. That kid should want to go play. And it's just like, like these kids aren't like you don't even, you're not even call. You're not even going to call Zane Flores. You're not even going to call him. Yeah, or like the the Benny Nagoys of the world, right. the, the guys who like there hadn't been a Husker football coach step feet in Lincoln High in the football room for over a decade, and then one of the first stops that Rule staff makes is there. Yeah, they reach out. They've even even Tristan Alvano said, you know, like I felt kind of slighted by the old staff because I didn't get an offer, I didn't get reached out to until after the state championship, and it became evident. You can't, you know, it. They you can't let him leave the, the building. Yeah, yeah. And then, right. And then what's one of the first stops that Rule and his staff make? I mean, I think that there is, obviously, this coaching staff is like quadrupling down and making sure that they build up that in-state talent pool because there is right now an exceptional amount of high school football talent in Nebraska, and it looks like there will be for upcoming years. But I also think that there's there's that developmental aspect that they harness and focus in on that I think other staffs didn't. And I think everybody likes to say we're going to build up the local stuff when they get here. But I think especially the previous staff lost sight of that or lost sight of um, eyeballing that and identifying talent because they were like, we can't win right now. And I'm our backs are against the wall because we need to win games right now. And I wonder if that kind of factored into it a little bit, but I think rule in the way that he sets things up is like, I don't have to win right now. They want to. And they've, I think clearly Nebraska's in a better position than Temple and Baylor were then, but he's like, I'm going to get these kids in and I'm going to make them the best. and I'm going to develop them because Nebraska fans might, they, they face years of, of torment and heartache over the last couple of years. And it might, you know, maybe points are seeing that again, the, the upcoming season, his first one. But after that, it's like, it's all up. And, make them wait and make them believe in something or see a local kid and say like, I'm going to cheer for Nebraska because that's where that young man who carried my groceries that, you know, when right. he was in mm-hmm. third grade go to. And then, you know, from there it's, it's gangbusters. And it's like, you know, yeah. and he wants to put on clinics and get involved in the community and get all around. So I think more than even just identifying good football players, he's seeing it on a community scale and wanting to build up the Husker fever and fandom more in the community because I think it'll again. It'll always be there, but I think fans see the last couple of years and think, um, maybe I won't go to the stadium this weekend. You know what I mean? Well, I I I don't know if you saw it or not <clears throat> when I put it into the system. Right out when I was sitting at the last game, as when I was sitting on the sidelines, and they announced the attendance. Right, the the blah 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 consecutive sellout, whatever we're at now, and I glanced up and almost that entire. I mean, that top section of the bowl. Yeah, was probably half full. Now, granted, it was cold as fuck, <laughs> and the wind was blowing. Can we cuss? I, Are we allowed to cuss? Yeah, I've been we, like holding it back. Yeah, we can. Okay, cuss. all right. <laughs> but it, it was it was cold. I mean, and windy. So I'm sure being up there was not the place to be. So I don't blame them a whole lot. But it, I've also seen that stadium packed on days like that because. The team was winning, yeah, right, I, yeah, and and you know I hate to fall back on that that chestnut of winning cures all, but it 
kind of does. Well, and I think but the, 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 the culture thing too, with the local kids, I, I think that's the, uh, that might be the single biggest thing that the previous staff lost sight of was if you're, if you're trying to build a culture that fits where you're at, what better way to do it than to, than to fill your room with a bunch of kids that come from that part of the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you want a kid that, that, that can, can be tough in, in December. Yeah. Get that kid that has lived here his whole life and knows, yeah, it's cold, whatever. Let's go. Yeah. Right. And he he mentioned it the other day about, you know, looking forward to the new, the, the new playoff and the possibility of, you know, let, let's have a, let's have a Georgia come up here and play in December. Let's have that game. Well, Miami, Miami just in the NFL, the Dolphins just played the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, and that was all and the talk. And, and McDaniel, you know, Mike McDaniel had his, at practice that viral video of him walking around with his shirt that said "Let's make it colder." And Josh Allen said, "Bet." <laughs> it was like, and and they went up there, and their game plan. To be fair to them, they executed their game plan well, but. It's just it's a it's a different like the, the I, different thing about the pros, it, it, in than the college game is, you know, a pro team is made up of of guys that came, that, that of, came from yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So you probably have kid guys kids that played at Penn State and Michigan sure. and Nebraska, sure. right? Where where they they've done the cold thing, right? So it's not something new to them. But when you when you talk about college teams and and big cores of your team are are from a certain from the you know your geographic area a Nebraska kid's gonna look at cold differently than a Florida kid's gonna look at cold the first time USC comes to Lincoln in 2024 or 25 or whatever whatever, however their schedules work out the first time that USC or UCLA come to Lincoln I hope it's cold. It's going to be a nightmare. For, I hope it's a late-season game. I hope to God it's I mean, cold let, that let, game. Let's just talk about how fast this kid has gotten soft. Well, he's you ain't had to put me on blast like he's, that. He's been in California for <laughs> hey, a year and a half. And hey, yo, though, the last couple of days have been cold. I spent years in Wyoming, and the last couple of days right. have been cold for me. Here. It's, like, right. actually cold. No, this is, like, like this, this is not, like, I'm being a this wimp is for, this cold. Is, no, this, this is, like, I, I, I'll give it to you. This is for real cold because, like, yesterday I ran out. I go do some errands, and when I'm going to run errands, I throw on a sweatshirt. Yeah, sure. Right? And because I'm going from the truck to the building, from the building to the truck. I don't need a coat taken on and off and all that bullshit. I'll just throw on a sweatshirt. Let's go. That was a mistake yeah. yesterday. Walking out of Costco yesterday and that wind whipped around that building and just like cut through. I might as well have been naked. It was cold. And I was like, all right, I let's just go home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back the truck into the garage, shut the garage door, then get out of the truck. I was seeing some friends. I went to Lincoln last night because I was seeing some friends and we went to go get some food and I and I was like because I had like my coat with me and I had a sweatshirt on but I had another sweatshirt in my backpack and I was like you know what I better put the other sweatshirt on as well and so I had two sweatshirts and my coat and I'm like all right this I can handle (laughs) and it, it, it is interesting how you like it's not so I've been living in California for like a year and a half and it it's not even like um it's 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 not like a 
oh, now I'm cold and I'm being like, a, oh, I'm so cold. But it's just like when you're, I feel like like my body just hasn't experienced temperatures lower than 50 degrees in a year and a half. And so my, my body is like, whoa, why are we, why are we, why are we back? What is this whole yeah. situation that we got going on here? I thought we were done with the whole, you know, and so... But I'm surviving. I'm fine. Today I actually felt really good. I had my coat on and it was cold, but I was like, it was the first time I kind of like, you know, I kind of embraced it. I was like, mm. yeah, <laughs> I, I can do this, you know? Yeah. Now imagine hitting a, you know, 250 pound linebacker with a carrying a ball like that. Yeah. That's why they make the big bucks. Or, you catch know what I'm saying? or catching the football when these don't, your fingers don't want to work. That's why they get the muchachos NIL deals. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to take. Now, I'm going to see how prepared you are. Did you prepare my favorite part of the show today? I did. Like I did. The, the, the Brady thought experiment of the week? <gasps> I love these because we do these. Okay, he, he, I will say, Brady, he told me about that you guys do this. And I, I was like, oh, that's great because that's just what we do on the phone. Like, we'll talk on the phone and we'll, like, go over, like, what happened in the game and da-da-da-da. And then we'll just get to the part in the conversation where, like, what if? What if? This, 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 and this happened in a different way. Like, one of our thought experiments was, like, what if the Akron game doesn't get rained out? How different are things? You know, like, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's your thought? I'm so I'm. This is my favorite part. No, no pressure. It better be good. (laughs) So, to the point about Matt Rule's um, stirring for the hometown talent, because I think that that's kind of the talk, at least after an early signing day, that's that's the chatter. And I think he gets it because he's from, well, he's from all over, but State College and Penn State, similar to Nebraska, like, that is the thing. You have Eagles fans, you have Steelers fans, but everybody cheers for Penn State. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar going down to Waco. He didn't know anybody there, but he brings Texas guys in football. Regardless of what team you play for, football is king in Texas. And, And then obviously, you know, coaching in the NFL is completely different, but now he comes back to a similar Penn State style where everybody cheers for the one team thing. My th- my thought is is not don't um, don't even add like a a second school or anything like that. Nebraska is still Nebraska, but if you grow up in like uh, Maryville, Missouri, or if you were to grow up, picture yourself in like Mankato, Minnesota. Maybe that's a bad example because Minnesota because you know, Minneapolis is fairly close or closer than Lincoln. But if you are at like one of these suburban metro areas in the Midwest and you see Matt Rule building up, they win, say, for the sake of the experiment, they win five games next year. And then they win eight games. And you're a high school senior and you see that trajectory. Are you thinking, I do you think I want to go there or – do you think I'm going to stay – I'm going to um, cut off uh, three hours on the trip for my parents and family who want to come see me play, and I'll go to this school that doesn't have that excitement to it? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is kind of – well, not necessarily the NIL perspective of it, but if they're if they're trending up and and you see that, NIL might for, – for certain athletes – might play into that because if you think nebraska's nil is strong now can you imagine how much money will get poured into an nil program after an eight-win season 
Well, it'll it'll. I have, who knows how big it'll be? That's true. But I will point out, Matt Rule said that he's had conversations with kids who one of their first questions is, "What's the NIL situation?" He's like, "We don't want kids like that." You know, you'll get. Right. You'll if you play at Nebraska, you will have the opportunities to do name, image, and likeness because Nebraska football is vaunted up. Right. But you, we want to make you a football player, and if, so what if you get a couple thousand in NIL as a college student? We want to get you millions in the NFL kind of style. Right. Sure. So if you, you know, NIL is a factor, but they're not. If the coaching staff's not making that the top, I do like how I do like how Matt has has couched that and that I think what he's selling to the kids is hey don't even worry about NIL right like you said it, you know focus on building and becoming a better football player and NIL will come cuz I think that fits in with his overall philosophy of of which is similar to the one that your brother's involved with over at Westside which is you know focus on doing the right things Focus on building better young men. The football will take care of itself. If the football takes care of itself, the NIL, NIL will just come. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So don't don't put your, you know, your cart before the horse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Come in, focus on, on being, on getting better, and then the rest of it will just take care of itself. Because I'm never going to be the type of person to tell, like we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Or even more recent than that, like when you picked me up from the airport, we were talking about it again, too. But I'm never going to be the type of person to be like, you know, the whole NIL thing. People are like, oh, duh, 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 like paying these college kids. Like, there's still people who are all grumpy about it. And I'm like, come on. It's 20. I mean, it's like if if a kid who's really good at football can make some money playing football, who am I to tell that kid that he can't go make his money? Like, I'm never going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm never going to be the type of person that's like, oh, he went to this school over this school because he could make more NIL here. Like, there's other, there might be other factors at play there. Like, he might want to provide for his family and he might want to change his family's financial situation. Right. There's other things going on there. To, so, to say that, like, that's like a, a negative trait isn't always true however i think what you're saying and what coach rule is saying is like we want we want the kids who want to be here because they want to be at nebraska and that's like a very specific thing that's really really it's important i think that's a thing that's important to a lot of big 10 teams i don't feel like i get that same vibe and i'm granted i'm not from SEC country and I'm not from Pac-12 country but I live in Pac-12 country now and I'm, I can tell you that like it's not the same like the Big Ten very specifically is like you know you grow up in small town Nebraska or small town Wisconsin or small town it's like you want to play for your hometown team that's a very like I feel like a very Big Ten thing you know and so that's what I think he's getting at is like he's there's nothing if you if you're the kid and you want to go get your NIL money and do your thing that's more power to you. He wants the kids that want to be at Nebraska. And the other element to it too that makes NIL interesting is the transfer portal. It like almost doesn't matter anymore. Like it it matters where you choose to go to school, but it almost doesn't because what we've really entered is sort of like a hybrid 
free agency type market thing if you kind of take what NIL stands for? Because let's be honest, NIL has always existed. It's just legal now. Um, if If you take what NIL stands for and you take how the transfer portal operates and how these kids can get eligibility immediately, what you've created is this like sub... NFL free agent market thing where like JT Daniels is going to his fourth school in four years right. or something like and that. I'll, ad, like, I'll admit who was um oh it was the I, the first thing that went through my mind when the Bramer kid decided to go to Iowa State. I the first thing that went through my mind was he'll be back. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because it doesn't. Be, it doesn't because matter because of the transfer portal yeah. that he can go there. Matt Rule can get things going and he can go, huh? Maybe I fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And then just, whoop, just jump back over here. Right? Yep. And well, who knows? Matt may or may not want him at that time. You know, because his tight end room might be loaded. Or he might just go, yeah, you know, you didn't want us two years ago. And now you want to jump on the ship? We're good. Well, and, but the, I don't know, the, the transfer, there's so many names in the transfer portal. And I think you see the big you know, conglomerate names of the eye-catching ones. There are so many kids out there who, and the vast majority of which, don't get that. They're going. They're they're not. They're, they're, they're not going, making a lateral move. Yeah, they're they're going down. But they also right. they're going in there to play to get an opportunity because they're sitting on the bench and everything. So it's not. I mean, for certain guys like uh, I don't like DJ Ulangalele, maybe you know Caleb Williams. These high-profile guys that you get out there that are you know um, mm-hmm. Grace McCall. They might have that as opportunities, but that's such a select few sure. of, of the bunch that gets in there. Yeah, sure. Casey was in that that select few who made a lateral of move. choice. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah I'd yeah. say going from Texas to Nebraska was a step up, just because I fucking hate Texas. But <laughs> so then, <laughs> circling back, since looking at it from the lost um, Husker fan generation, and rule put the focus on in-state kids but also they get guys from california philadelphia jersey texas all over if you see the excitement around the nebraska program and you see it trend up into development and where and who knows where that ceiling is at with matt rule and with the expanded playoff and big 10 however that's going to look are you more likely to go to a place further away in the middle of Nebraska where the weather fluctuates, all of these extenuating factors in Lincoln, or are you going to say where you might be a a bigger celebrity, potentially more NIL money, what, you know, whatever, or are you more likely to say, well, I'll go two hours down the road to, uh, to maybe Penn state or Pitt is probably a better example. Maybe not a a big, uh, not a big 10 school or whatever the, the Metro area, Division One Power Five school is, and and I'll just go there because it's easier and it's a bigger town and I I like the big city. It'll be interesting to see what happens because the the expanded playoff is going to expand the number of teams that get a chance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the third place team in the Big Ten is going to be in the playoff. The third place team, maybe the fourth place team in the SEC, is going to be in the playoff. You know what I mean? Half of the new playoff will be SEC, I bet. Close to half. Maybe like maybe like 40%. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But, you know. And but you're also thinking if you're – because I had this thought with Luke Fickle moving to Wisconsin. With the expanded playoff, Cincinnati might be in. If you're the wild card of the best group of five team, you might guarantee that you get in more times often than not. You might have a better chance there 
than being Wisconsin. than being the third place team or fourth place team in the Big Ten by being at Wisconsin. Now, granted, that's assuming Wisconsin doesn't usurp Ohio State and Michigan sure. and Penn State or you know Nebraska, uh, whoever you think might fit that wild card fourth spot every other year. Hmm. I think. I think circling back to your initial thought experiment question, I think it depends on how it's not a question. Cause like you can just say like, yeah, kids want to f- win football games, but that's not, there's more meat to it than that because it's how kids want to win football games. Yep. Like if you want to be like, like Nick Saban, his recruiting pitch obviously for years has been like, yeah, we've been in, contention just about every single year since uh now it's getting to the point where it's like yeah we've been relevant pretty much every year since you've been alive almost um you know and so that's one way of 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 pitching winning football games anybody can pitch if you're a winning football program you can be like yeah we win a lot of football games that's awesome and so then it goes into like how do you if you're a kid how do you want to win football games and also how do you want to be received by the people who care about whether or not you win those football games. Like if you come to Nebraska and you start winning football games, every not just football players, everybody people like regular people will run through a wall for you. Like the, like the way that this state and this fan base responds to winning is a different way than like the US, like I'll give the perfect example because I've experienced it firsthand over the last year. USC was, you know, two bad two bad losses to Utah and a hurt Caleb Williams away from making the college football playoff. Right? right. Nobody cares. Like, can you imagine if the roles, like if the if the situations were reversed and we were the ones that had Caleb Williams and we won ten games and our guy won the Heisman? This state would lose its mind. Yeah. But in LA, it's just not like there's so many other. Yep. So it's 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 how you want to win football games for these kids, and the reason why, as a Nebraska, you can go to Georgia and Alabama and Texas and California and get these kids is because they're like, wow, they're still putting the three and eight football team on television because it gets ratings because people can't get enough of it. Like that, they're still packing a stadium. You know, with a three and eight football team. Yeah, that's right. what that that's the important. Part and I, I'm sure nil certainly plays into that because if you're gonna go to a market, you know, it, it, it's almost like to me it's weird because it's almost like the exact opposite of the NFL like and, and the NBA and any professional sports organization is like the small market teams are always like the Green Bay Packers of the world and the like Packers fans are nuts like Packers fans love the Packers. You know, yeah. but like the Rams, like, the, okay, yeah. you know, cool. You, you like, love them. You love you them in season, and then you quickly. You know the char- the Chargers, same thing, or even like you know, like, uh, you know, like the like the Dolphins, like sure, yeah, Dolphins are cool, but like the the Packers and the Bills and the the small market teams, and it's the same thing in college football, like. Like, I think about like in Tex- Texas, you said like football is king. Texas A and M, like College Station, College Station, the town is just. Texas A&M. Yeah. Like, it's the campus and then, like, a few other things, and that that is the town. And so it's, like, the small market, like, you just cling to 
those types of teams. And I think kids look at that and they go, yeah, when I win a football game, I want to be not cheered for. I want to be revered. Like I want to be like that, you know, like if, like if somebody saw like Garrett Nelson at High V, like do you know how many people would be come up and be like, hey, can I get it like with their little little two year old? Yeah. Can I can you want to take a picture with Garrett? Well, sign, 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 my, sign my thing, you know. <laughs> to like, your point, people are doing that now with a with a four win team, right? Yeah. Right. They're not just doing it because they were great. They'll if if you walked, I guarantee you, if you saw Garrett at High V. I guarantee you, you would probably witness people wanting to take a picture with him and get his autograph and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And that's off a four win team. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get it. It's, it's a different, it's a totally different thing. Like anybody who's ever played here, you'll never hear anybody say like the fans are the best fans in the world. And, and I think everybody says that. And, you know, like, so the other claim to fame is, right, like, Tennessee's like, yeah, we're packing in 100K and, and stuff like that. But look at the way that Tennessee fans abandoned their team when I was they just lost. Gonna, I was just going to say, were they, abandoned were they packing in 100,000 when they were a four-win team? I Abandoned nope. them. Yeah. But we're selling out 360 consecutive. Now, granted, that number's a little... Fudged, maybe, so but it's a man, it's a managed and it's a managed, but it's a curated point. The point is, is that you think, a, a, you, but you still you think Tennessee fa Tennessee fans. I'm, I didn't mean to put Tennessee specifically on blast. That was just an, uh, an example. I'm sorry to any Tennessee fans who are maybe I don't know. <laughs> both of them. Um, yeah, but my point is, is that like Auburn is another good example to me. Like when the Auburn's good, they fill that stadium, and this year they were super average. And, like, it's just, like, it comes and goes. And Nebraska, like, I think kids look at that and they're like, wow, they really pack in 85 strong. And they won, they've won, like, they won 12 games football five, games yeah. in the last five years. Yeah. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. No, that's – I. And they've they've said that. I think Trev even said that in his search that the sea of red and the game day atmosphere is a big selling point for even coaches to come yeah. in that, that they can recruit to. and. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know who doesn't want to be loved and revered. You know what they do, so it makes sense to me. It does make sense. So before we wrap this up today, did um, we didn't do any pre-talk about this like we normally do? Did anybody have any photo questions? If not, we can just like. Oh yeah, here's a good one. What are um, tips to take photos in the cold, like huh. football or even <laughs> otherwise? Like what help people? Like even you're talking the about the single I. Oh my God! Working in the cold is the worst. Yeah, it's, it's the actually the worst. It, it's the absolute yeah. worst. I would. I hate working in the rain. I would much rather work in a in a warm rain than like outside today. So, so for like, if I was shooting something, like if I was shoot, had to shoot a football game today, it would be gloves on top of gloves with just my fingertip cut out to hit the shutter button you have to do things like keep your extra batteries inside your coat next to your body because the cold air this kind of air would zap your batteries in two seconds um you gotta wait if you if you're you coming from an in inside heated area and you go outside and vice versa if you're coming in from the cold and then you go it's back you, it's inside word if you come in don't from the turn that camera on for like 
30 seconds because right. it's got to temperature acclimate and like well, you they, can't it, it's that's too you, jarring of a coming in from the cold then you have humidity issues and things like that it's almost best to leave the cameras out in the cold i was i think like coming in for halftime yeah you know a lot of times they boom, all the humidity in that room and then and it goes right to the sensor and it's like it's it's, it's not it's not going to break the kit, but, you but it's had, just but you like just like it's it's no different than if you had to go out and 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 do anything else outside. It's layers on layers on layers, and it's just warmers in your boots and on your hands. I came up with a trick. Wrists is the key. I came up with a trick years ago um, to put take those little shakeable hand warmer things, yeah, yeah, and put them on the inside of my wrist, yep, right next to your your blood supply right there, and it actually you can feel your hand get warmer just by putting that hand warmer there because. I have to, my fingers to a s- some degree have to grip. have to be exposed. Yeah, right. Because the buttons on the cameras are so small, you can't operate that camera through thick layers of gloves. So I have to have those at least some fingertips exposed, and that's freaking cold. So I came up with that years ago. I don't remember. I just on a whim, I just decided to try it, and it freaking worked. You put a couple of those hand warmers right on the inside of your wrist there. And it actually, you can actually feel it warm your hand. The wrist, the wrist thing is the super duper key. Also, like your body in general, like the most amount of heat escapes through your ears and through your feet. And so, like the feet warmers, like don't sleep on the feet warmers. Put one of those like in your shoe, and like not, and because that that won't directly impact like your dexterity in certain in terms of your hands. But in terms of overall staying, like the your feet is where so much heat from your body escapes. Yeah, you know, um, and yeah. So the, the because I'm I'm not you're not real active when you're shooting, right? It's a lot of you know, you're parked here. You might move over here, but so you're not generating a lot of internal body heat. So you have to you have to layer up in a way to make sure you hold on to that heat. And the other things that people don't that don't ever think about is you have to drink water, yeah, um, and you have to eat because being cold burns more calories than being hot, right? You're about yep. just being cold and your body doing what it does with its metabolism to try and generate heat itself and stay warm burns a shit ton of calories. So you have to eat and you have to drink water because if you if you get dehydrated, which you don't think about it when you're cold, mm-hmm. but if you get dehydrated, it makes you colder. So, smart, yeah. The 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 the, 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 all the heaters I, on the wrist thing is the is the best thing. Once I started doing that, that yeah. was a game changer for I for being the, able I to like the, use I your fingers and stuff. You know, more more things that riders don't have to think about. I, I have to think about it when I'm walking my dog outside, y'all. I have to think yeah. about it when I'm walking <laughs> my dog. Up in the press box, up all the cushy <laughs> up there, right? Yeah. Their, their popcorn. What would you say? I listened to one of the one of the other podcasts, and you said there's a little draft up it there. It does get drafted sure, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember my senior year, I was shooting. Was that the Michigan the, State? The, now, Minnesota game, bro, was brutal. Because that was the one, that was the COVID year where we still – we couldn't be on the field. Right. We had to be like first row right. of the bowl. And 
I, dude, we we were standing next to each other, and I'm just like, uh, you know, it's just like, oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> this is this is so terrible for a three win football team. That's the thing too is like those guys. I got to give a shout out to those guys real quick. All the guys up at the corn crib, um, they do such a good job, and they put so much effort and time into making. I think Nebraska athletics in general has some of the best content. Yeah, in, in in college athletics, for what? <laughs> like it's just every like, and I was a part of it, and I still see it. Like I still have friends and stuff that work there to this day, and I still see it. You know, like those guys. Like I was in there. Like those guys stay in the office and they work on those videos and those graphics, and they they, you know, those those guys and gals and those students and the, and the full timers. They all work so hard, and it just. I, it just sucks, dude. It sucks so much when it was just like we would show up to a football game and we had to be there two hours before and an hour after and you're doing all this stuff. And it's like, dang, we just lost to yeah, would you, Minnesota one again. La- one last thing here before we wrap up. One of my best memories was still the that uh, Michigan State game when it mm. snowed. It was, was it was bitter cold. It wasn't quite this bitter cold, but it was bitter cold and windy and then it started snowing. And I was like, I was like the only person on the sideline that was like excited because I'm like, snow, you guys don't understand how rarely we get to shoot in snow because snow makes awesome pictures. Snow makes awesome pictures. And it's, it's, it's exciting. And I was telling that to him before the game. I'm like, dude, if it snows today, shoot your ass off because you'll never get this opportunity again. It happens rarely. Yeah. Like in my entire career of like nearly 30 years, I've probably gotten to shoot in a snow game six seven eight times mm-hmm. like when it's actually snowing right right like the first half of the michigan game you know it and so <clears throat> that that was great because because he got caught underdressed that day because it started off a little bit warmer and then it got colder and started snowing and so he got caught a little underdressed that day but didn't i give him props he didn't ever leave the field to like go find more layers or a coat. He stayed Hell on, no. He stayed on the field. He got, he, he worked the snow and, you know, icicles off his facial hair and the whole night. There's yards. a classic, there's a picture. There's like a, a classic picture. Cause th- we shot our selfie after the my favorite. So th- we can end with this, but my, my favorite tradition that we ever had, um, dad and I, cause it was cool. Like, getting to shoot with dad, like physically on the sidelines. Sometimes we'd be standing next to each other, but we'd always do a selfie. So every single day game, we'd do a selfie. And this, this picture, uh, the selfie that we took after the Michigan state game, I think it was like 2018, um, is iconic. Cause I got, I got ice, like literally, like you can see the ice on my beard and on my mustache. And, and I got, and we're both just like beaming because that was the like nine, six field goals only game or something like that. But it was snowing and it was cool. And I was like, we're winning the big 10 next year. And that did not, <laughs> I was like, I think I put it on, I think I posted it on Instagram and I was like, my caption was like 2019 big 10 champs with the, 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 sh- the, sh- the emoji. And I should I should really change that. That did, that did, that <laughs> that did, did not well. happen. Um, so on that on that note, we'll wrap it up for the week. This is the eye test with Eric and Brady, and my son Mitch today. Um, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and uh, hit us up if you have any questions or anything like that. 
and we'll uh, catch you on the next side. Take care. Heard at Sports Network Production.